Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Good afternoon. Okay, just like first service, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. This is my first sermon. Second time giving it, so, you know, so you guys may get a little bit better version. But, um, but anyway, it's also the first opportunity I've had to really experience how the Holy Spirit works with our volunteers to prepare um, the person doing the speaking. So I just want to really give a shout out to those that are seen as well as those who are unseen that tirelessly volunteer to make our worship services happy every week. So I just think they deserve. All right. Dangerous community. It is human nature to be fearful of dangerous things. And fear is a great motivator. My husband would attest to that if I ever see a spider. And I become a world-class gymnast because anything to get away from the thing. There are stories in the Bible that we read about people who were fearful. Think about uh, Elijah running away from uh, Jezebel. Think about the um, spies who went to check out the promised land and came back to Moses saying, oh, you don't want to go there. These people are crazy big and, you know, don't want to do that. You know, think about the woman who was caught in adultery, thrown at Jesus' feet, how, how she must have felt. Or pretty much anybody in scripture who has seen an angel. Fearful. Do not fear, right? So I would like to propose today three different types of fear, and along with those different types, or excuse me, three different types of dangers, and along with those three different types of dangers, three potential responses. Okay, danger number one. Maybe, there we go. Danger number one is real danger. This category would include things like being the potential victim of a crime, losing something or someone dear to you, or possibly being responsible for harming someone else. People who sense this danger would take precautions or protective actions like security systems or healthful living, encouraging others to live healthfully. Danger number two is perceived danger. This category might include a variety of phobias, conspiracy theories, or situations or people that might be unfamiliar to you. People sensitive to this danger might live fearfully, or they might gravitate toward people who are like themselves. Potentially, they might exclude or marginalize those whom they fear. Finally, danger number three, necessary danger, like giving your first sermon. (laughs) I didn't think it was necessary, but anyway. Um, This category might include stepping out of your comfort zone to meet new people or try new things, shattering glass ceilings, or pushing cultural norms. People drawn to this type of danger are admired by some and hated by others. 
So during our time today, I'd like to concentrate on the second two types of danger, perceived and necessary, and how these type of dangers might affect a worshiping community. Please bow your heads with me. Dear God, I pray that my words are only spoken through you. I pray that you open our hearts to your message today. May we fully understand the kind of dangerous community that you have asked us to become. In Christ's name, amen. So the story our scriptural mural, excellent job by the way, but the story our scriptural mural, a mural portrayed uh, today is framed most times as a story of gratitude, right? And it's a wonderful, wonderful illustration about the importance of being thankful. However, I had a professor once who framed it a different way that I found very, very powerful. The story goes that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. As he entered a village, 10 lepers stood at a distance and called out to him for mercy. Now by Jewish law, anyone with this disease had to stay at a distance. They had to, to ring a bell or yell unclean so that no one would come near them. And they were forbidden from taking part in worship. They were seen as cursed by God and outcasts of society. We're told in this story that of the 10 men, one was a Samaritan. Now, under normal circumstances, these nine Jews would have never been in community with a Samaritan. However, their mutual misfortune made that a moot point caused them to drop any previous bigotry and drew them together. Jew or Gentile, at this point, it just didn't matter anymore. So the men are calling out to Jesus, and no surprises here, Jesus responds, right? There aren't a lot of details, just that Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest. Now, according to Mosaic law, the temple priest was the only one who could officially declare a person healed of leprosy and able to return to the community for worship. The 10 men began to run to the temple, but then one returns. And this is the point in the story where it turns to a story about being grateful. Why did one return? What about the other nine? What an ungrateful bunch, right? But wait a minute. Let's think this through. The other nine were only following what Jesus told them to do, right? They might have realized they were healed on the way, but Jesus was sending them to the temple for a reason. They would only be allowed back into society, back into their families, back into the temple, back into worship if the priest claimed that they were clean. They had to be seen by the priest to officially be declared clean. So what's up with the Samaritan, right? I mean, didn't he understand what Jesus told him to do? Yes, he knew exactly what Jesus told him to do. And he wanted to obey, but here's the thing. No Jewish priest would have seen him. Clean or unclean, a Samaritan would never be allowed into the temple because he was a Samaritan. He would still be considered an outcast. So could the reason Jesus pointed out this one man as a Samaritan be for the benefit of those who were there that day? Was it for the benefit of those with perceived danger? of someone unlike themselves, someone they preferred to exclude? Was Jesus intentionally speaking to those who thought they knew who God accepted and who God didn't accept? The one who had no place, 
The one who was considered unacceptable knew a place he would find acceptance and healing. And that was with Jesus. So he ran back, fell on his face in front of Jesus, and for the first time in a very long time, experienced worship. This may be a great story about appreciation, but I believe it also speaks loudly to the tragedy of separatism. Now let's talk about necessary danger. And my favorite part of the sermon, these are my granddaughters. This is Adeline, who is age eight, and Eden, who is age six, and Nora, who is expected in the beginning of December. Yeah. These are my three granddaughters, and they are the light of my life. They call me Nona. Nona is the Italian expression for grandmother, and I am their Nona. So during a recent visit, Eden, the six-year-old, was in the, the living room, and we have a cocktail table, and I have um, a coffee table, excuse me, and uh, I have candles all over the house. And on this particular coffee table, there is a large candle. And so Eden was sitting there, and she took the lid. This one happened to be lidded. She took the lid of the candle, and she raised it. And that was okay for a little bit, but it's a heavy candle. And after a couple seconds, what do you think happened? It disconnected, and the bottom of this very heavy candle fell onto a glass tray. The glass shattered. The look on Eden's face instantly, she knew she was responsible for what took place. She was aware she was responsible for what happened. She immediately burst into tears, and the look on her face, I'll tell you, it broke my heart. She knew she had been told to be careful, that some things were not for play, but she had never expected or intended to break the tray. I pulled her close to me, and I held her, and I said, Eden, sweetheart, is there anything, anything in this house that's more important to Nona than you? And through her tears, she shook her head, and I confirmed that. I said, Eden, you're right. Nothing, nothing in this house is more important to Nona than you. More than anything, I wanted my granddaughter to know that what happened didn't change my love for her or the security of our relationship. In the third chapter of Genesis, we read this story. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord asked. Who told you you were naked? <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I saw this question as condemnation, accusation, and God calling Adam and Eve to accountability for their actions. Yep. Now you've done it, Adam and Eve. You've gone and touched something I told you not to, and now you know you're naked. I knew you couldn't be trusted. You better hide, because if I find you... Wasn't that what Sam's plan was all along? To break the relationship? God already knew who told them they were naked, right? God was fully aware of the lies Satan told. I think the question was so much deeper than seeking an admission of guilt. It was God beginning the process of redeeming the relationship. 
Who told you that you're not acceptable to God? Who told you shame had anything, any way to separate you from me? Who told you that anything in this world is more important to you, to me, than you? Who told you that? Was the break in the relationship more about taking the fruit or believing the lie? Here in God's words, not a judgment, but a broken heart. Satan's lie was that God wasn't that committed to the relationship. That's the lie we continue here today. That lie that Satan tries to tell us is that God's just not that committed to the relationship. Why do we believe God's love is not as strong as our own? Or that God's grace has limits that ours doesn't. I mean, if I was that protective of my relationship with my granddaughter, shouldn't we believe that God's love is greater? Paul says it best in Romans 8. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Amen. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Perceived danger tells us that we can't be too gracious, too welcoming. Somehow we have become God's protectors, as if God needed protecting. My question is, what do we risk by holding a large, inclusive picture of God and allowing that picture to be reflected in our worshiping community? God invites us to worship. That makes God the host. God decides who is invited, not us. We are guests, and guests do not create the invitation list. I would propose that the worshiping community of Whole Life Church is a place of necessary danger, where we allow God to be God and simply get out of the way. Rachel Held Evans once said, the church is God saying, I'm throwing a banquet and all these mismatched, messed up people are invited. Here, have some wine. So let me ask you, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were not enough? Who told you you were too much? Who told you that who God created you to be is shameful? Who told you that your core being is hostile to God's love, mercy, and acceptance? Who told you that you are not worthy of God's love? We all have shame. We're all diseased. We're all broken. But God is not seeking to condemn you. When these voices make you want to hide yourself, remember the Samaritan leper, that scorned and broken leper, found a safe place with Jesus. He found healing, hope, and acceptance. At this church, the Whole Life Church, 
We believe Jesus has put the lies to rest. We are all invited to and accepted in worship. And that makes this a dangerous community, necessarily dangerous to the lies of the deceiver. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I just have to say, it is such a privilege. I heard that song and I'm like, Albert, can we do this? And it's like, it's amazing. You have such talent that y'all just pulled it together. That's so, yes. Thank you. Amen. And thank you so much, Tammy. I know we didn't get to ask this first service, but she can take a deep breath now. Amen, Tammy. Amen. <laughs> One and done. I'm good. <laughs> this is the part of the service where you guys get to engage, especially in joining in the conversation. Have a couple of questions here. So ask Tammy. Any question that we don't get to, though, will be on the podcast that goes live on Wednesday, everywhere podcast is heard. Yes. So we have comments. We have questions. Let's start it off. Why is it so hard to believe that if I come as I am, I won't feel naked or exposed? I still feel like church can be a dangerous, can be dangerous for sinners as well. How do I change that mindset? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes we can only understand the amount of grace that we've been given. Mm. And so I think depending on, on our lives, um, if, if, if you've lived a life where you've been given a lot of grace, I think it's a little easier. If you've, been given a, if you've lived a life where there's been more condemnation, I think it's, it's more of a struggle. And I think we have to build each other up in that. Mm. And I think, so I would say, be that person, mm. you know, embody that acceptance and that love and that grace and be, be you know, be what you, what you want to others to experience. And so I, I, I think starting with each person, um, just keep looking to Jesus because nobody else is going to do it like Jesus does it. And there's yes. going to, we're going to, we're going to mess up. Yes. I mean, we're humanity. This yes. is going to happen in the church. You're going to get hurt. I'm just telling you right now, yeah. it's going to happen, but don't leave it there. Right. You know, always think the best of others and and move forward in that, I would say. Yes. Okay, so we also have some comments also as well. We have comments from Sharon saying, the danger to our souls that cause separation from God is the worst type. Thank you, Tammy and worship team, for being open and letting God work through you. This service was exactly what I needed after the week I had. Amen? That's cool. Um, so another one, question from Anonymous. Why is it so hard to believe the goodness of God's love? and his intentions of salvation for us than what the devil barrages us with. Well, because I think what the devil barrages us with is easier to understand. True. I mean, we're, we're really hard on ourselves. And I, I don't yes. think it's getting any better. I mean, when I think about, and I don't want to bay, bay, you know, bang social media because you know, we all use it for different things, but I do think it's, it's become more difficult mm. because it's, there's so much coming at you yeah. that is not positive. And there's, there's a certain sense in humanity that we almost want to believe those things. Mm. And so I, I think we just need to, again, I think being part of a community is really important. I think, you know, having friends that build you up, um, avoiding things that will tear you down, you know, because Satan will use a lot <laughs> of different things to try to get you to the point that you don't believe that you are worthy of what of the love that God wow. offers you. And the truth matters we're not, right? 
I mean, that's Fair. a done deal. Yes. Yeah, none of us is, is worthy of that. Right. But that's not the point. God doesn't care. God has offered love to the unworthy to all of us. Mm. So I think it's just remembering that and, and you know, trying to spend more time thinking about that. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> it answered it This is me. almost worse than speaking the sermon. <laughs> Well, I'll keep you a minute longer, although we do have more questions that are coming in, and I'm trying to decide, which one do I want to get answered? But I will ask this one, and then for the questions that we didn't get to, it will be on the podcast. So, um, let's see, Anonymous, I'm thankful for your 10 leper story. It always bothered me that Jesus was putting a guilt trip on the other nine. Hmm. So if this story is about worship and believing that Jesus is providing opportunities for the unaccepted, why would he have to heal them physically to begin with? That's a great question. And I think that's the whole point of the story is that he didn't. This, this, according to what the culture was at the time and the culture that the story is taking place, this Samaritan would have to have been healed before he was accepted into worship. Right. And the whole point is that he wasn't officially healed in this culture, but Jesus was like, allowed the worship and Jesus acknowledged and, you know, told him that he was loved before he was officially healed. So I think, you know, the stories throughout scripture, Jesus hung around with the, the worst of the worst and yes. the ragtags. And it wasn't about the fact that he had to hang out with them to clean them up. <laughs> you know, he, he did a lot of times, he healed things, he, you, know, yes. you know, fixed broken arms or whatever. But the whole point was the fact that it wasn't about mm. what the, the brokenness that we come to God with, that we come to Jesus with, because Jesus accepts us Amen. prior to anything. We are Amen. accepted. And then the love that Jesus has for us can heal us then from the inside out as well. Amen. Thank you. Jesus. That is just so comforting to me. And even in that song, Amen. I'm glad I'm accepted. I know, I love that's that song. how I am. <laughs> so we're fresh out of, oh yeah, it's at zero. We're out of time for questions. Any more will be answered on the podcast. And again, thank you, Tammy, thank so you, much. Itara. Thank you, Thank <laughs> you. All right. All right. I'm so excited this is done. <laughs> I am probably going to take a long nap this afternoon. So um, next week we continue our series. Richard Hickam will be speaking about dangerous expressions. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, will you please stand with me and let me offer you a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the favor of God be turned towards you and give you peace. Amen. Have a wonderful week and thank you. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians all focused through the lens of grace. 
Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.